This is your host, Vernon Terrell with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. Today I thought I'd bring you another solo version. I'm glad you joined today. I've been reading through the book of Ecclesiastes. I said, what better place to go if I want to learn from the one who prayed for this supernatural wisdom, Solomon? And I love Proverbs, and I love Ecclesiastes, and I said, I want to understand more from someone who has been there and done that. Isn't it good to find a person who is a little or a lot ahead of you in life? who's gone before, and you can glean some insight and some wisdom, maybe from their mistakes, certainly from their successes, and learn and grow and maybe avoid some of the heartache. So I said, well, you know, I want to go and really just soak in and ask the Lord to give me insights on from Solomon and from the book of Ecclesiastes. So I'm going to read some of this, and I want you to just listen with me. I don't know if you're walking or exercising or in the car or just in the chair. Maybe you're cleaning uh, the house as you listen to the podcast. By the way, that's why I love audio podcasts. Video podcasts are awesome. Audio podcasts, you can kind of do some things and you know get some things done while you listen. And then you can listen again if you think you missed something. And that is amazing. So I'm glad you're here. And by the way, if this podcast is valuable to you, I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share it uh, with uh, others that uh, they can be encouraged as well. So solo today, going through Ecclesiastes, just a little bit of it. I may do more of it. I don't know. I've got another incredible guest uh, coming up. I might have mentioned it on the last episode, but uh, another guest that I can't wait for you to hear from. And it's going to be challenging and it's going to be encouraging. It may be emotional. I don't know. But this guy you really want to hear from. So stay, stay tuned. Uh, Maybe next week, if I can work that schedule back in, I had to call an audible for this week and get, uh, I want to get this solo in. So get ready. It's going to be awesome. So let me start with Ecclesiastes 1.1. And it says this, reading from the New American Standard, it says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. I mean, this is Solomon. Yeah, he's got everything. He's the top dog. And here's what he, here's what he starts off with. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Emptiness. Futility. He says in verse 3, What advantage does man have in all his work, which he does under the sun? You know, the generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Also, the sun rises and the sun sets and hastening to its place, it rises there again. 
blowing toward the south and turning toward the north, the wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses, the wind returns. It's like, where are you going with this, Solomon? All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man, this is getting like a downer, isn't it? He says, all things are wearisome. In verse 8, man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. We all, we're always looking for something new, always trying to find and hear something new. He says, that which has been is that which will be. And that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, see this? It's new. Already it's existed for ages, which were before us. He says, in fact, there is no remembrance of earlier things. And also of the latter things which will occur, there will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. It's like, well, that's a great way to start off this treatise, this wisdom literature. Well, here's where I start to find some interesting uh, encouragement as we dive in uh, to finish chapter 1 into chapter 2. He goes, look, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I set my mind, here we go. He goes, I set my mind to seek and explore by wisdom concerning all that has been done under heaven. He goes, look, let me do this for you. I'm going to try it all. I'm going to tell you what works, what doesn't work. I'm going to just try it all with wisdom. I'm going to try it all. It's a grievous task which God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after the wind. Do you ever feel like that? Like you're just striving after the wind. What's the point? What is the point of all of this? And that's where Solomon is going. That's, this is, we're, we're, we're going and taking this journey with him. He says, what is crooked cannot be straightened and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, Solomon says, behold, I have magnified and increased wisdom more than all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my mind has observed a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, if I just know a little bit more and gain a little bit more knowledge, that's the ticket. Verse 17, and I set my mind to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. Because I've been on both sides of this coin. I realized that this also is striving after the wind. That just seems odd. Because in much wisdom, there's much grief. And increasing knowledge results in increasing pain. That's where we get that little phrase, ignorance is bliss, and ignorance can be bliss. 
at times. He continues in in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure. I said, all right, I'm going to just go for it here. I will test you with pleasure, so enjoy yourself. And behold, it too was futility. I said of laughter, it's madness and of pleasure. What does it accomplish? I explored with my mind how to stimulate my body with wine while my mind was guiding me wisely and how to take hold of folly until I could see what good there is for the sons of men to do under heaven the few years of their lives. I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself, and I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself from which to irrigate a forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves, and I had home-born slaves. Also, I possessed flocks and herds larger than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. Also, I collected for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of men. And then he goes dot, dot, dot. Many concubines. I mean, he's just, he's going for it. He has the capability. He has all this wisdom. He has all this money. He has all this power. He says, look, I'm just going to see. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to write down, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Then I became great. Verse 9, chapter 2, and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also stood by me. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor, and this was my reward for all my labor. So thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind, and there was no profit under the sun. Maybe you've thought, I'm just going for it. I'm just going to give myself all the pleasures I can take. I'm going to go out there and get all the women or For the women, I'm going to go out there and get all the men. I'm going to go out there and drink. I'm going to go out there and take all the money. I'm going to work and get all the houses and vineyards and, and stuff I can get. Well, talk to the guy who went before you. Talk to the guy who had more power than you, more money than you. And he says, look, I did that. It was all vanity and striving after the wind. In verse 12, he goes, look, so I turned to consider wisdom, madness, and folly. For what will the man do who will come after the king except what has already been done? And he makes this little nugget. Here's a little nugget. Nugget number one, verse 13. And I saw that wisdom excels folly as light 
excels darkness. Wisdom's better. He goes, look, wisdom is better than folly and all that stuff. Light is better than darkness. Go for the wisdom. Go for the light. And and I'm going to tell you something. Often we say, well, is this right or is this wrong? Or is... um, we get into this really um, very right or wrong mentality. And the better question, and I like what my pastor, what Andy Stanley always says, so not original with me by any stretch, but he says, ask the question, what's the wise thing to do? In fact, in light of my past and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? For me, not for you, not for anybody else, for me. What is the wise thing to do? Wisdom excels folly. Light excels darkness. Stay in the light. Just walk in the light. That's just always better. When you walk in the darkness, you know what you feel? You feel shame and guilt. You feel like you have to hide. That's what the darkness is. It's hiding. Walk in the light. Bring things to the light. Verse 14, Solomon says, The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I know that one fate befalls them both. And you know what that is, right? Then I said to myself, as is the fate of the fool, it will also befall me. Why then have I been extremely wise? So I said to myself, well, this too is vanity. He says, he's really debating in his head here. Well, now, I mean, the one fate, we're all going to die. We're just all going to die. And so he's got this debate just raging in his mind. He says in verse 16, for there's no lasting remembrance of the wise man as with the fool. Although I think he's wrong there. We're talking about him today, right? But he says, there's no lasting remembrance of the wise man as with the fool inasmuch as in the coming days all will be forgotten and how the wise man and the fool alike die. He said in verse 17, so I hated life. For the work which had been done under the sun was grievous to me because everything is futility and striving after wind. It's like, you can't, have you ever tried to catch wind? You're running and trying to catch it. You can't just, what, slips through your fingers? You can't catch it. It's like there's no reason to try. Thus I hated all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun. Don't worry, this is going to come to a conclusion Hang in there. For I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool. Yet he will have control over all the fruit of my labor for which I have labored by acting wisely under the sun. This too is vanity. Therefore, I completely despaired of all the fruit of my labor for which I had labored under the sun. When there is a man who has labored with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, Then he gives his legacy to one who has not labored with them. 
This too is vanity. And a great evil, he adds to that. Verse 22. For what does a man get in all his labor and in his striving which he labors under the sun? Because all his days his task is painful and grievous. Even at night his mind does not rest. This too is vanity. When you're at sleep at night, is your mind at rest? Are you thinking about the day? Are you working hard, just overworking, working to get all that stuff, and then you go to bed, and then your mind can't rest because you're thinking about all this stuff either you don't have or you do have and making sure it's safe, and your mind is just twirling and whirling and working. Solomon says, well, that's vanity too. But I like what he says here. There's nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself, and tell himself that his labor is good. Or, another translation, to cause his soul to see good in his labor. That's what I want you to hear today. Nugget one, hey, wisdom is better than folly, he discovered. Even though it's like, hey, we both, we're all going to die. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, wisdom is better than folly. Light is so much better than darkness. And he can, another conclusion he comes to in this point in his journey, verse 22. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 24. See the good in your labor. Labor's good. Be happy in your labor. I don't like my job. Find the good in your job. And if you can't, we'll find another job, okay? Find the good in your job. There is good in your job, in your labor. There's nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. This also I have seen that it is from the hand of God. Labor is good. Verse 25, For who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him, without God? Wow. I want you to eat and drink. I want you to enjoy eating and drinking. And labor. Find the good in your labor. And find it with him. With God. See God in you, in your labor. See God in you, in your eating, in your fun, in your enjoyment of life. For to a person who is good in his sight, he is given wisdom and knowledge and joy. While to the sinner... He has given the task of gathering and collecting so that he may give to one who is good in God's sight. This too is vanity and striving after the wind. And you know, as a new covenant believer, one who's accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he who is your life, do you know that God has made you good and you are good in his sight? For to a person who is good in his sight, he has given wisdom and knowledge 
and joy. That's you, believer. God has given you wisdom and knowledge and joy. Look for the joy. Find the joy in every moment. Find the joy in your labor. Find the joy in your marriage. Find the joy in your relationship. Find the joy in your serving. Find the joy in your kids. Ask God to reveal to you the wisdom that he has given you, the wisdom that is in Christ. Ask God to reveal the insights of his knowledge, the knowledge of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who can eat and who can have enjoyment without him? We as believers are uniquely qualified to experience joy and to find enjoyment. If you're not finding joy, if you're not experiencing that enjoyment in him, then you're believing lies from the enemy. Lies about yourself, lies about life, maybe lies about your work, lies about your relationship. Ask God to reveal to you those lies so you can cast those aside and embrace the truth. Because as we wrap up a very familiar part of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3, he says, look, first of all, those two nuggets enjoy him, enjoy life. He goes in verse 1 of chapter 3, there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. On this planet, there's a time to give birth, and there's a time to die. You, When you're in Christ, when you're in Christ, you can know he is with you in all of these times, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. It's like exercising. There's a time to work hard and you're, and you're, tearing, and you're really tearing down those muscles and there's a time to rest and heal and let those muscles replenish. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There's a time, an appointed time for everything. The, as a believer, we're not exempt from life and from these seasons of life. Recognize that God is in every season. God is in the joy, laughing and celebrating with you. God is in those times of sorrow, weeping and mourning and comforting you. So don't think, don't think, and don't take the lie and 
believe the lie that if you're blessed of God, your life is just full of no problems. That's not reality. That's not life on this planet. God promises to be with us. And in Ephesians 1, you've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ already. You are blessed. So I want you to find joy. I want you to, as whatever season or whatever time you're in right now, in this moment, I've been through the cancer scare and the ultimate end of that cancer with my wife. And I found God right there. And she found God right there walking with us in that journey. I found joy in relationship, in new relationship. I found heartbreak as we raise our kids and things happen and hurts happen. And I found joy in their successes and all the wonders of that. I've experienced the loss of when we lose a job and we're struggling and I've experienced the uh, the joy of just God doing something new. It's the times and the season and the rain falls and the just and the unjust alike, but God is always with us. He is always for us, never against us. You and I are loved, and we are his beloved. So let me encourage you with that. And thank you for letting me just take you on this first part of Solomon's journey as he's wrestling with what is all this about. And there's a lot more. But let me leave you with that. And remember, as you're going through life, don't be a spectator. Don't be a spectator. Don't be one who's just always looking and never experiencing, always planning and never going out and doing it, always talking, never walking. Don't just talk about life in Christ. Don't just talk about holiness don't just talk about victory. You have life. You have righteousness. You have holiness. You have victory. So by faith, right now, today, I want you to stop talking and start walking. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website, at gment.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.